Today's message is titled Three Knocks at the Door. To knock is to hit something to produce a sound. So we can say, for example, that the lady knocked on the window to attract somebody. Let us say you are at home and you hear somebody knocking on your door. And when you peep through the window, you see that that person is, say, our Papa, Reverend Excellence. What would you do? I need a response. What would you do? I will welcome him. You welcome him? Yes. Assuming the person, say, is the head of state of our republic, what would you do? You welcome him. But let's say you speak and you see it's a notorious beggar. What would you do? You you again? Oh, my, my. (laughs) You may welcome him and give him something or ignore him. Today, we are going to focus on three knocks on the door of our hearts or let's say of our souls. The three knocks are number one, the knock at the sinner's heart. Number two, the knock at the saint's heart. And number three, the knock at the steward's heart. Now, when I say sin, the Web, Web, Weber's dictionary says that sin, I said, what is, what is sin? And they say, a sinner sins. How? A sinner sins. But for us in Christian, in the Christendom, when we talk of a sinner, we have what we call the original sin. And this original sin is based on our understanding that God created man perfect. However, Adam, when he disobeyed God and ate the fruits from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he fell from God's grace. And that he became sinful. So once you are born of Adam, you have that sin nature, that disobedience which resulted in his fall. Therefore, when I say the first knock is the knock at the sinner's heart, I'm referring to the hearts of man who has fallen from God's grace. For that reason, no matter how you think you are good, no matter what you do, you will still remain a sinner before God because he said, all our righteousness are like filthy rags before God. So when I say sinner, know that I'm referring to man who has fallen. Good.
Now, when I say knock, tell your neighbor, sinner, Christ is knocking at your heart. Knock. Sinner, Christ is knocking at your heart. Number two, when I say knock, you say saint, Christ is knocking at your heart. Knock. Sin is knocking at and the last one, when I say knock, say steward, Christ is walking, knocking at your door. Knock. Steward, Christ is knocking at your door. Good. Now, I define who a sinner is. Who is a saint? A saint is somebody who is holy, whose life has been set apart for holy things. And so every Christian is holy and is a saint. For we are peculiar people set aside by God. And a steward is someone who takes care of something. He's in charge of something on behalf of somebody else. Let us take our first Bible reading. It is from Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Shall we hear the word of God? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and I will sup with him and he with me. One more time. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. This text is, let me put it in context. In Revelations, Christ was speaking to the churches, the seven churches, and to the church of Laodicea, it was said that you are not hot and you are not cold. You are lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out. Then he goes on to say, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens it, I will come in, sup with him and he with me. However, in the context of the original sin and from how we Christians know, once you are, a Christ, you are a sinner, Christ is always knocking at your door. Let's look at the statement. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It didn't say, I was standing or I will stand. He says, I stand. He is there, constant, standing. He's not sitting down. He wants to come in. He's standing there. And he's not just standing there. He is knocking to get your attention. But apart from knocking, he's even speaking. He says, if anyone hears my voice, so Christ is standing there, he's knocking and he's speaking. Wanting to get your attention. Now, you made me understand when Reverend Samuel Excellence come to your house and you see him, 
you will let him in. And when his excellency, the head of our republic comes, you will let him in. But how come Christ is standing outside the door and he's not being permitted in? Who is Christ? Indeed, scripture makes it very clear that it is through him and by him, by him and through him, that everything was created. Without him was nothing made. And because of him, everything binds together, consists. And we know that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. That is the greatest name in all the worlds. And such a person is standing at the door and knocking. And the door is closed. Sinner, are you disrespecting the Lord of the universe? Hmm. It says, I stand at the no door and knock. How is he knocking? He's there, constant knocking. How does he knock? Christ's knocking come to us in various ways. Just like his voice. When we read scripture, or you hear scripture being read and preached, that is the voice of Christ knocking. Sometimes, through nature, he is knocking at your door because you look at creation, how marvelous, how wonderful this is. Everything orderly. He's telling you that somebody is in charge. He's telling you that I am here. You don't see it. He's talking to you. And sometimes through circumstances. For example, in ancient Egypt, when the plagues were happening, they looked like circumstances. Like there were flies, water turning into blood. It was God talking through circumstances. So he's to us in various ways. But he says he stands at the door and knock. This statement for me means that he is standing there knocking but you are not permitting him in. And here you can see the power that each of us has. You have it. What is that power? To make, permit somebody to come into your soul or into your heart. Even the Christ who has all authority is standing and is waiting for your permission, for my permission to enter. You see how great a power we have. However, whilst Christ in gentleness is kept outside, we have other guests in our hearts. And who are some of these guests? Wealth. Search after wealth. Ambition with all its noise is a welcome guest. Pride in all its worldly men is a welcome guest. But Christ is outside pleading and we are not hearing him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and open it, I'll come in. It's a personal appeal. So as I speak to you, you know that Christ through me is speaking to you personally, sinner. It's an honest appeal and it's an earnest appeal. And remember, he did not make any distinction. He says, if anyone, he didn't say, if you are very holy and you open me, or you are very good, he said, anybody at all is open. And the instant you open, he will come in. And I want you to note, and I'm repeating, that you have the power, the authority, to permit somebody in. It is like going to a house with a door, and there is only one knob. The knob is on the inside. So if you're outside, you can't open. You are permitting all type of thoughts into you. But you are not permitting the thought and the being of Christ to come into you. The creator himself standing at the door and you are ignoring him. God have mercy on us. But what is it that is bolting the door? Making us bolt the door so that he cannot come in. There are a few things. Some will be due to ignorance. You don't know who Christ is. And so you are bolted the door. And I'm telling you that he is the son of the living God. He is the one through whom all things were created. He is the one who came to die for you and for me. He is the only person whose blood can appease God and is knocking. That is the person we are staying out. So ignorance. And if you didn't know, I'm telling you now that Christ is the one knocking at your door. You know it now. Sometimes it's because we think it's frivolous. We have so many important things to do. Now why should I have time to listen to this so-called say Christ or Christians? Sometimes it's prejudice. Prejudice is like prejudging. There are people when they hear the cross, it's an offense to them. And there are so many other reasons. All these reasons are being given just because you want to keep him bolted out of the door. But the sad news is many of us hear the voice of Christ. And we take it for granted. We do nothing about it. Doing nothing that is not inviting Christ in has, is what has made several of us sinners miss Christ. You must take an action. Permit him in. And how do you permit him in? The opening of the door is by you accepting that Christ is the son of God and accepting that he was raised from the dead let us say through faith this is the key of faith so when you confess when you believe in your heart that he is Lord he died for you and that he is risen confess with your mouth you have opened the door for him to come in and when he comes in he said when I come in I'm going to eat with you, sup with you. First, 
And later on he said, and you will sup with me. So once you have not opened the door, you are the master of your heart, your soul. But once you open the door and he comes in, treat him with what you have. It could be your service, your love, whatever. But he in turn will sap you. And what is it that he brings? He brings blessings. The greatest blessing in the whole world is Christ himself. And he brings reconciliation with God. He brings salvation. He brings freshness. He doesn't come in empty-handed. If anybody hears my voice and he opens it, I will come in and sup with him and hear with me. Please, let us note that Christ out of your life means guilt. When he comes in, it implies pardon. When Christ is out of the door, you have locked him out. It's condemnation. That's what it implies. But if you permit him to come in, it's salvation. If you keep him out of your heart, be sure that it means you're on the way to hell. But if you permit him in, that is your first installment in getting to heaven. Amen. Now, what is the second knock? The knock of the saints. For communion. The knock of the saints. So first, the knock on the sinner is for his salvation. And now the knock on the door of the saints is for communion. When we say communion, it implies a very close relationship where you share your thoughts, your feelings, everything with the person. You're almost one. Two weeks ago, now I would say three weeks ago, and last week, Papa spoke about, let me call it, the Christian or the divine romance. The Father's love for you. And our response to the Father's love. This knock, the second knock, is actually a knock for communion, a knock for the love of the Father. Let's pick the Bible reading. The second Bible reading is from the Song of Songs, also called the Song of Solomon. Chapter 5 and verse 2. The Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon, chapter 5 and verse 2. Shall we listen to the word of God? I sleep, but my heart waketh. This is from the King James Version. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh. Saying, open to me, my sister, 
my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with drops of the night. Wow. I sleep, but my heart waketh. Can you sleep and be awake? Can you sleep and be awake? So here we have a paradox. The woman is saying, I sleep, but my heart waketh. <laughs> what is this? So I'm going to give a different perspective to the divine romance, to the intimacy that Christians have with our Lord. Once Christ comes in, you have opened the door and he has come in. Once he's in, your thoughts will be filled with his thoughts. And he will take over. And I think I can just summarize it by saying Galatians 2.20 saying, It is no longer I but Christ that liveth in me. Once you open and he comes in, then intimacy begins. Very close intimacy. But here is the lover who having been fed well by the husband slept. And while she was sleeping, she could still say, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my lover that knocketh. In very brief terms, as we become very close with Christ, there are times that you will sleep. And sleeping means you may go off guard. So you will sleep. You may be backsliding. But if you are truly in very close communion with God, His voice can sound and will say, Hey, I have to stop because my, my lover's voice is telling me not to do this. There's a song, I, I think it was either by Bechem, Bechem or Yossi. Semitea, you know the song. Yes. When you are doing something, and all of a sudden the voice hits you, not check you check yourself. So, for example, as a Christian, when you detect that there is pride in you and you don't want the pride to be there, you are sleeping. But the voice has told you pride is not good. And therefore, you submit and mourn over your, your pride and go to your man, your lover, to say, Father, help me overcome this. Anything you are doing that is not 
in agreement with God, you will not feel good because Christ now lives in you. Where you used to go and you feel very comfortable, now where you go, you feel some form of guilt or something. It is the voice of the Lord, your lover, who's talking. And when you hear him, you wake up, become alert, and stop what you are doing. I hope I'm very clear. So sometimes also, so let me put it this way, you judge yourself so that you will be not judged. That's what scripture tells us. But in judging yourself, you don't judge yourself to bitterness because you know that to become down, go down like um, in despair. No. There's a wake up call when you hear the voice of the Lord. And that is why it's important to know scripture. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. First, judge yourself that you be not judged. You'll find out in 1 Corinthians 1 and 11 and 31. 1 Corinthians 11 and 31. And then from John, the gospel, chapter 10, 27 to 28, it says, my sheep hear my voice and follow me. So remember, as you sleep, remember the voice of your Lord and wake up. And when you wake up, it means you stop it, do something right. It could be that you feel yeah, you are not as sanctified as you should be because you desire to be sanctified. That shouldn't be a cause for worry. Because even if you are not sanctified, sanctified is a process. Sanctification is a process. But you are fully and perfectly justified. That is the voice of the Lord. Maybe... when you look at yourself, the fruit of the Spirit has ought to be coming out of you. You don't see it, and so you are worried. But the voice tells you that, look, once I'm in, the seed and everything required for that fruit to come out to be complete is inside of you. It's not an overnight thing. You don't plant, say, a mango tree today, and this very day you eat its fruit, it takes time. But it's the word that will check you and remind you, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my lover that knocketh. Then, the third knock, the knock of the servant or the neck of the steward, for reward. This time, I'm going to read from the New International Version. It puts it clearer. And it's from Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 40. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 40. Let's listen to the word of God. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. 
like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks they can immediately open the door for him it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes truly I tell you he will dress himself to serve will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus calls on his disciples to wait. And he told us that only the Father knows when he will come. And when we look at Christian history, this year is year 2020. For at least Christians are waiting for 2,020 years and still waiting. But surely he will come for scripture is always true. But when Jesus told us to wait in the text that we just read he gave a prescription for how to wait. And since he wants us to wait it will be helpful to look at what he wants us to do whilst waiting. Be dressed ready for service. One. Two. Keep your lamps burning. Three. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a work wedding banquet. Be ready. Dressed up. Keep your lamp burning. Expect your master like a servant. Those are the three things Christ says we should do. The knock on the heart of the servant or the steward. Indeed, Christ did say that you are no longer my servants. You are my friends. After all, you have permitted him in. You are supping with him. He is supping with you. But what does it mean to be dressed ready? In the context of those days, the time of Christ, they wore flowing gowns, flowing dress. It's a long dress. And you cannot move very fast in a long dress. So normally they will get, they will, they will put something here, get it and tie something here so that they can move quickly. He said, be ready. It's not when the master comes that you now go and look for the dress to wear. You are ready. So once, maybe you hear the dog back, whoa, whoa. You know he's coming. You, you are right at the door with your lamp ready. What does it mean? In my meditation, what I understood is that being ready is being ready for his service. Be ready to serve him. And then he said, keep your lamp burning. What does that also mean? In those days, there were no street lights. 
So if the master is coming, you don't know when he's coming, the whole place is dark. So once you sound that he's coming, at least you can put a lamp somewhere in the whole darkness, you will see that this is my house, guiding him in. I understand the context. But for us, I think keep your lamp burning implies maintenance. You have oil to put in the lamp for it to keep on burning. Remember the parable of the ten virgins. The wise five had oil to put on. The other foolish did not have and so they had to go and look for oil. By the time they came, the master had come. That which we had to maintain, that we had to keep burning, is your faith. What did I say? Your faith. Your faith must be active. Whoever overcomes, whoever is faithful to the end, he gets the crown of life. So maintain your faith. Read scripture. Study it. Talk it. Keep yourself maintained. And last, he said, be in expectation. You know the master is gone and he will come. He's gone. He went to a wedding banquet. So he will come very, very happy. Wait for him. Because you don't know when he will come. So Jesus is saying, we must be ready in his service. We must ensure our faith is strong in him. Nothing wavering. And we should expect him. There's something very interesting in this story. The servants were in the house of their master waiting for the master to come home. And when the master came, they met him and they were happy. But Christ also said, there was a house owner, somebody who owns his own house. And he did not know when the thief would come. If he had known, he would keep awake. He didn't know, but the thief came and did what? Broke in, took everything away. If you don't hear the first knock, the knock of the sinner, you are owning your own house. And Christ will come like a thief. You lose everything. Remember the rich fool? The rich fool said, I have everything. I've got plenty. Now, I don't even have bands to keep them. Let me break the old one, build bigger bands and put these things and I will say to my soul, rejoice. And God said, thou fool, tonight I'll take everything from you. I'll take your soul. So if you don't open the door of your heart and you think you are in charge, when Christ is coming, you'll be like a thief and you'll lose everything. And the second is the knock for the saints, for communion. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh. Enjoy the divine romance. Keep communicating. 
know and heed the voice of the Lord. So that when you are sleeping, a kaya nejai. And the third, the knock of the servant for his reward. We have to be 